In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might. This is the word of the Lord. And now the gospel lesson and sermon text for today will come from Matthew's gospel, chapter 2, verses 13 to 23. And let me just remind you, this is God's word to us, and it's given to us because he loves us. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless the reading and now the preaching of your word, that you would open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to understand what it is you would have to say to us today to convict and correct us where we need it, and above all, to comfort us most of all, because we know that you love us and yours is the voice of love that we need to hear above all others, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we saw last week, the first Christmas ever celebrated was far from ideal, that it was nothing like the most wonderful time of the year. In fact, the circumstances surrounding the very first Christmas were busy, hectic, challenging, dangerous, perilous. They were just downright hard. The story of the first Christmas is not the story of our Hallmark Christmas specials. It's the story of the Christmases that we actually have. On Christmas Day a week ago, 
At least 16 people died when the boat carrying them capsized trying to cross the Aegean Sea. And this was the third time in three days that the Greek Coast Guard had responded to such an incident. And unfortunately, it won't be the last tragedy as migrants continue to risk perilous journeys across the ocean to escape conflict or oppression in that region. Or, likewise, in Myanmar, where hundreds of thousands have fled their homes to escape the violence and bloodshed after the military seized control in a coup earlier in 2021. Or, here in our own country, here in the States, last Monday, 40,000 Afghan refugees completed their processing and left military bases spread across our country to go out and to find new homes, only to find the same challenge that all of us are facing in this country. A housing crisis, a shortage of rental properties, or ones that are too expensive, or both, at the same time. Said one official in Nevada, we're so overwhelmed. These folks were under the impression they were going into permanent housing when they left the bases. Instead, we are in a broad search for temporary housing. The first Christmas definitely included glad tidings of great joy, of good news that caused people who were weighed down with the burdens of living in a sinful and broken world to rejoice and to give praise to God, and rightly so. But the first Christmas also came with its fair share of weeping and grief. The killing of the innocents is a terrible story to have to read. It may seem like a bummer, but this is what the lectionary chose for us, and so we need to hear it today for some reason. And even if you have ears to hear all that was difficult and dangerous surrounding the birth of Jesus, we don't want to hear about a corrupt government ruled by a wicked king slaughtering all the two-year-old boys and younger in the town of Bethlehem just because he was paranoid. But it is right there in the midst of the brokenness that the good news of Jesus comes. Jesus doesn't come into the world to necessarily pluck us out of hardship, but to go through the hardship. The only way out is through. And Jesus went through it to the very bitter end. Yes, God protects Jesus and Joseph and Mary. On this day, they escape the slaughter of the innocents in Bethlehem. They make it to Egypt, and after Herod dies, they're able to return to their homeland. But 33 years later, Jesus will not escape death on that day, a second time. There will be other fearful, paranoid, power-hungry tyrants who will falsely accuse and unjustly nail the Son of God to a cross to die. And as we turn the page on 2021, and yet again are crying out desperately for 2022 to finally be the turnaround that we are looking for, we may be asking the question, why does God allow all this evil and suffering to continue to begin with? And one of the answers to that question is, we don't know. We may never know. Not in full, at least. But if you pay attention 
to the account here in Matthew 2. We can know what the answer is not. It cannot be that God doesn't love us. It cannot be that God is indifferent or detached from our condition here on earth. It cannot be that God does not grieve the pain of this broken world. God takes our misery and suffering so seriously that He is willing to take it upon Himself because the God of the first Christmas is the only Emmanuel. God with us. With us in our frailty, in our pain, in our suffering of wrong, and all the wrong that we commit against each other and commit against our own selves. This is the God who grieves with us. The good news of the first Christmas is not the absence of grief. It is the presence of love. It is the love that we were created in and by and for, becoming incarnate in this world for us, making the goal of this life not the elimination or complete avoidance of grief, but the pursuit of God's present love for us. God is not a cold, indifferent judge who's just waiting at the end of time to pass judgment. He lived here on this earth. He lived here on this earth as a refugee. Like the tens of thousands in our world today taking the risk of a perilous journey to escape violence, or oppression. So, I ask you today as we close, for one, to keep that in mind. And try to hold with compassion however your politics may feel about the refugees in your own backyard. Remembering that the God that you choose to worship once had to flee an unsafe situation just like they may have. And perhaps the call is to suffer through it with them, just like our Lord and Savior has done for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let's respond to God's Word by confess, confessing our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I ask you, brothers and sisters, in whom do you trust? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You can continue to support this church by giving of your tithes and offerings online. You can find the various ways to do that on our website.